0: The Minga Deception Track is ahead of us, a walk up rushing rapids and waterfalls to an alpine pass. We're tired, though. It's been a long day already, after a long week of walking on what Kiwis call track. Maybe that's a better description than trail, since a lot of it is pick-your-own-way through sharp, loose rocks and massive riverbeds, muddy, rooty sidling in deep bush and one up to your thighs river crossing after another. Alessio and Tomáš and I eat lunch near a sign pointing to Goats Pass, and a long list of potential dangers concluding with the haunting line, if in doubt, do not continue. I snap a picture of them in front of the sign, making goat horns with their fingers and laughing. There's no way we're not continuing. The weather's clear, and we haven't had rain in days. I cast a look towards the footbridge that could take us to the car park and then quickly to Arthur's Pass, but then conclude, you're right, guys, we've so got this. I turn away from the exit and move on to the track, at first a clearly marked path of orange triangles through spindly Manuka. Within seconds, though, I see what the sign is talking about. Rain causes the water to rise fast and furious, causing catastrophic flooding, obvious in the first kilometer. As I walk in muddy sand, bushes and trees ripped out by the roots, splayed in death throes along the trail. The first crossing is a test. I feel reasonably confident with the depth, the current pushing hard against my knees and shins. Suddenly, Trail runners appear, splashing fast through the roiling river. It turns out they're doing time trials for the coast-to-coast race. Well, if they're going to do this, so can I. At first we push through forest into the side of the roiling river, but the gorge narrows, and we sidle close to the edge, then have to cross again, looking for the shallowest part and the least damaging fall zone. This is not a rock-hopping river. I plunge in, shoes and all, facing up the river and slowly checking my footing. Sure, the trail runners go much faster, but they aren't carrying 20 pounds on their back. And then I slip and I sit right down, the water pouring over me, vibrating against my body. A female runner offers advice on the crossing to face down and go with the river's flow. And then she says she admires my using trekking poles. She's very kind, but it's got to be obvious to her that I'm a complete novice in water. You're listening to The P-RAG, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-RAG shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Leckie Trekking Poles for supporting the P-RAG podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Leckie should be in your hands. Also Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching foot-massaging socks for the long haul. The moonlight fills the tiny windows of the hut as I sleep. The first morning I'm not flying out of bed. We have a shorter but harder day ahead. And I say we because I'm walking now with Alessio and Tomáš, two single hikers much younger than me, but for some reason willing to stay close in this land of fast-moving rivers that all have to be crossed multiple times. I'm told by a Kiwi that people die in these rivers, making poor calculations on their depth and strength, not studying the fall line and entering after a storm when the water can rise a meter in just 30 minutes and can trap a tramper for days. I'm on day 89 of a thru-hike of New Zealand, the Te Aradoa, or Long Pathway. I entered Canterbury only a few days ago, and I know my feet will never get fully dry on this section. Two Austrians leave before me, and the Czech woman, Janetta, marches on with Sergio. Tom and Alex linger over their breakfast, and I'm all on my own, feeling fearful of what's ahead and if I have what it takes to make it. Am I just a joke trying to do this thing? It just feels too hard, too big. The sun begins to lighten the forest, one of the richest in ecological diversity in Canterbury, of silver, red, and mountain beach, plus all kinds of birds, like the yellowhead, and one that I sing with now, the cuckoo. I feel the forest embracing me, even as I waddle over roots and mud and more mud, up and down, sometimes on really steep washed-out sections. It's a workout, and my eyes are nearly always on my feet. And the bush, my beautiful, beloved New Zealand bush that has entered my soul, it just goes on and on. The sound of rushing water is constant from the Huanui River next to me, but also from the countless streams feeding it. As the trail veers down for me to cross and I hear it crash loudly before I see it, I wonder if this one ahead will be the one that stops me in my tracks. But it turns out to be bark is worse than its bite, and I'm able to cross each one, dozens and dozens of them. At Cameron stream, a chocwa rush of grayish blue, I see a bridge made up of just three wires, one for walking and two for the hands. Okay, this middle-aged hiker may feel scared this morning, but she isn't afraid of a challenge. I step up to test it. Whoa, doggy! This is slippery, and it's bouncy. I absolutely cannot make one misstep or I'm down in those rapids. I fold up my sticks and put them in my pack so both hands are free, and then test my balance a second time. Yes, I can do this. My feet are splayed in second position as I inch forward, foot, hand, foot, hand. The key is to focus on the moves and not the consequences of the fall. I control my breathing and I channel hot yoga and all those balance poses I learned to hold in intense heat. And soon, I'm across, And just as Alex and Tom catch me up. They pass by saying it was easy and ask, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. The trail continues on, following the river up and up to Harper's Pass. It's messy and sloppy, with more mud, roots, and windfall, as it wends its way up and down ravines of rocky streams. Near the pass is a bright orange bivy with one window and one door marked, FIRE EXIT. <laughs> How helpful. The boys wait for me here to cross the headwaters. This is no Lake Itasca at the beginning of the Mississippi River. This one is shallow and Russian. I'm really touched that they're here helping me locate the best spot to cross. I balance on rocks with water pouring over them, but it's easy and I'm across. Alex says on the North Island, you get dirty and on the South, you wash. (laughs) Ain't that the truth as we are directed just a few meters ahead to cross right back over the river and then cross a third time. Was that really necessary? No one knows for sure on the Teodoroa. I can see the pass from here, but it's bush-bashing all the way on wet trail, finally opening to a reasonably nice view of the southern Alps, the tops hidden in mist. It's all down from here, guys! Well, in a fashion. After maybe a football field of easy walking, the trail becomes a steep downhill nightmare of landslips, flash flood tailings, erosion, and rockfall. In fact, the trail is a riverbed. and might be the most dangerous hiking yet. I cross a rushing stream with trees stripped of their bark in its path, large boulders resting in high limbs. The trail disappears except for a loose edge of small stones, and below, about 10 feet, are the Austrians, one bandaging the other after she wiped out here. Wow, that's going to make me walk very carefully, thinking it's not just me struggling on this terrible path. In a moment, I pass Janetta, and it changes my perspective, and it's not just me going slowly either. I feel a bit more confident as I eventually reach Lockstream Hut and have lunch with the guys. The Austrian gal didn't hurt herself too much, it's just an abrasion, but we all agree that the trail is hard for such little reward. Is it a proper trail if built on a spillway? There's nothing in place to keep it from washing away, and there are no zigzags. It's dangerous, although once it's behind me, I have to say, I feel stoked that I completed it. Sergio only stays for a moment before leaving, not waiting for Jeanetta, perhaps assuming she'll make the next big crossing with us. Things are not always what they seem, I realize. She just takes it in stride, and I'm impressed, but also chastened that my assumptions that everyone is taking care of but me is not entirely factual. We walk down the river to the orange triangles indicating where to cross. Alex plunges in first with water mid-thigh. Tom and Janetta go in without hesitating, and then so do I, carefully holding myself in place with my poles as the water presses hard at my thighs. The Austrians link arms and follow us, crab-like, up onto the grassy river terrace and we all give each other high fives. Yeah. And then we head down, sometimes on hard-to-walk, dry, rocky riverbed, sometimes back in the forest, sometimes skirting washouts where I roll a boulder painfully onto my shin, and then finally crossing side channels of the Macau hundreds of times before arriving at the tumble-down Kiwi Hut. I make dinner at 4 o'clock and cuddle in as the guys and Janetta play a game with dice. The sun is still shining, millions of tiny beech tree leaves glowing out the window, blue mountains in the distance. We believe we have at least one more day without rain, and the difficult river ahead will be doable. Janetta tells me that she thinks I walk really well, and I do. And I need to remember that, and also trust, that help is there when I need it. (laughs) You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. You can subscribe to The P.Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, please leave a rating and a review. That helps the show get discovered. You can also contact me anytime at theprag.com. My alarm goes off at 5.30 a.m., playing Billy McLaughlin's Finger Dance on full volume. I can hear the river churning like my stomach with stress. It's a long day ahead, and once I entered the Deception River, I've just got to see it through. Though I haven't out, because in 13 kilometers of Rocky Terrace, we'll reach a bridge to the highway. The Austrians headed there last night for an advantage on the riverbed, which is coming up and is all hard walking. But I slept very well in the hut, so maybe it was worth stopping here. I hope. The cuckoo is singing again all morning, a slightly off key song that I'm used to, like a wind up toy wound a little bit too tightly. The sunrise is spectacular from our tiny six bunk hut, the mist hanging low on the mountaintops. I eat extra bars for energy and take an ibuprofen. It's been a lot of days in a row walking hard, and I'm ready for a break, but I'm glad I have the energy to push ahead because I've caught the weather perfectly. If it stays clear today, the river should be reasonable to cross. It's hard on the feet walking on the river terrace of boulders and stones, uneven with streams rushing through. We cross the wide Taramakau as the Otahake reaches it. It's strong at mid-hip height as I crab walk across, then cross two more times. My feet feel like ice blocks on the confusing trailless march. It's a massive riverbed, like a geology lab, the mountains taken apart boulder by boulder in front of our eyes, though many of the stones have laid here for ages, covered in bright red lichen and moss. I can't imagine what this place looks like in flood. Does water reach from edge to edge, nearly a half mile? I set my mind to walking in this alternating terrain of rock, mud, flood, sand, keeping pace with Alex and Tom. We soon pass Janetta and Sergio, and I skip along to show her that I do indeed walk well. Maybe more lurching, using my poles to take long strides. My feet never dry entirely before we step back into the water. And suddenly, there's a grassy section. It's like a foot massage. Alex tells us it's just 10 kilometers to the bridge. But I don't know, is this bliss going to last? Nope. It most certainly doesn't. A sign appears offering a choice of trails. One is direct to a road followed by the bridge. The other is the official Te Trail, but also a flood route. The guys want to take the flood route, and I'm unsure because these types of routes usually cut way high above the river. (laughs) And I'm right. We soon enter a forest of fallen logs and poorly maintained trail, shooting up, then shooting down, and up and down on repeat. These trails are not zigzags or switchbacks. They're not gradual, but dangerously straight up and straight down. The concept, I assume, is to take the walker past landslips or fallen logs, but it goes on seemingly endlessly and completely unpleasantly. I am strong when it comes to going up, but I'm more fearful of slipping on the wet mud and roots going down. (laughs) This god-awful trail is either the worst or one of the top 10 worst of the TA to date. It's precisely what makes this long walk so terrible. Poorly planned, badly executed, unmaintained trails through rubbishy forest with no view or interest. Is it better than road walking? No, it's just as dreadful. It saps my energy, and it just makes me angry. By the time we're spit out on a grassy plain packed thick with scratchy gorse, I think we're just gonna give up and hitch to Arthur's Pass. But it's still early in the day, and I'm feeling strong, and I'm mostly feeling determined. We cross the splashing rapids of the Deception River that push hard against our legs. Do rock hop, look for orange triangles and other poles to give some indication of the best route, whether left or right bank, negotiate a side stream and all the fallen boulders in its wake, and then it's just rinse and repeat. Oh there are big boulders to climb, and I'm happy I have rock climbing moves in my arsenal. The guys tell me to put away my poles, which I do for about 10 minutes, before pulling them right back out again. A couple of places feel very dicey. There's a narrowing in the river with several waterfalls. The only way across it is to jump. Tom jumps it, then extends his hand so I don't fly off the other side. (laughs) I don't weigh much now, so the water is particularly heavy. In one spot, I need the guys to hold me steady on the cross. That being said, after we reach Upper Deception Hut, with an hour still to go of steep climbing, I just turn on and power up the mountain. Alex tells me this time I hike like a teenager. The pass comes into view as we turn away from the deception to a side stream coming down in stair steps of many waterfalls. This is our trail. I realize I've never done anything quite like this in my life. Walked up a river, just splashing in when necessary, trusting the rocks, which are not at all slippery with all that cold water pouring over them. It's truly one of the most spectacular moments of the entire trail. Beautiful, challenging, and filling my soul to the point I never want it to end. But the day does, at a hut where the Austrians meet us again. Though Janetta and Sergio must have given up and headed straight into Arthur's Pass, skipping this amazing walk up the river. Could I have done that all by myself? Maybe. I would have had to. But I was lucky that the two men stuck close, not ever walking with me, really, but looking out for me. I've got a theory about that, too. There was another hike in France when a man named Serge from Wales walked a full week with me. His knees were hurting, and he didn't want to go fast, so he stayed close to help me, when maybe it was a good excuse to just slow down his pace. Under my quilt now, the rain finally comes and lets loose, lashing against the windows. I have no idea why the boys stuck close, but I'm glad they did, as the last two days were really hard. And I also realize, we made it just in time. Thanks to Lucky Trekking Poles and Bolega Socks for supporting the Prag podcast. You can subscribe, rate and review the Prag at Apple Podcasts and you can find out more about my long walks on the Te Araroa as well as the PCT and other trails all around the world at the The music you're hearing is me and it's available on iTunes. Next week it is a rainy few days at Arthur's Pass then on to the Harper River more wild crossings and rocky path for days. Until then, my friends, kiakaha and happy trails.